2: Good evening and hello again, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk New York here on WGBB in Merrick, Long Island, New York. Bill Donahue here. I'll be taking you through the first hour on this Sunday night, the 12th day of September 2021. Our engineer in Brian Graves is across the way, as always, and tonight we're going to look back on the tragic events of 9-11 and the return of baseball to New York City after the terrorist attacks on our city and on our country. We'll talk to some of the men who lived the night of September 21st, 2001. Leading off, we'll welcome back to the show Benny Agbayani. Then we'll speak to former Mets pitcher Glendon Rush. Glendon's been with us before as well. So sit back, relax, get comfortable, enjoy Sports Talk New York tonight on GBB as always. Great people, great memories up ahead. Facebook, social media, we're out on Facebook. WGBB Sports Talk New York, it's out there. You'll find sports information, show information, and more. Give us a look and then give us a like. Twitter, we're on LinkedIn as well. Twitter, at WGBB Sports Talk. And you can follow me on Twitter, at B BDonohue, D-O-N-O-H-U-E, G-B-B. And all past shows can be heard on our website if you happen to miss an evening. Well our first guest he's a native of Honolulu, Hawaii. He played his MLB career with the Rockies, Red Sox, and of course he was a fan favorite around the old bull yard here on Roosevelt Avenue. A member of the two thousand National League Championship Club going to the Subway Series. And, of course, we know he was a med at the time of 9-11-2001. It's great to welcome back to the show live from our 50th state, it's Benny Agbayani. Benny, welcome.
1: Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Aloha to everybody out there in New York.
2: Ah, We're glad to hear from you, Benny. Glad you're well out there. Now, I want to talk to you about a couple of things uh, before we get to to the uh, night of 9-21 uh specifically bobby valentine in disguise now <laughs> you were there for that weren't you
1: yes i was there yeah. i was there <laughs> Most now, definitely
2: now what what did he say did he say he was going to do anything or or what happened there
1: no he didn't say anything he just came to the dugout and told everybody just uh keep your eyes on the game and concentrate on the game and um all of a sudden you look down in the dugout then you see bobby with his disguise and you know everyone started just laughing <laughs>
2: I wonder how the umpire noticed it was him. I mean uh, that was a pretty good disguise.
1: Yeah, that was that was a pretty good disguise. Uh wish he uh <laughs> you know stayed through the whole game instead of getting suspended for that.
2: That's terrible. Yeah. Poor Bobby V. Well, he he did a great job uh with that club. I'll tell you, he was one of the best managers we've had here in New York. Now, uh, another thing that endeared uh, you to the fans, aside from uh, that that great grand slam against the Cubs in Japan, uh, when you accidentally gave a ball to a kid, but the inning wasn't over. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, the in- inning wasn't over. I was, uh, you know, I was like uh, bending down and I looked at the scoreboard, and I I thought I saw two, but I guess I, I was looking at the the pitch count and. You know, when I caught the ball, I was like, "Oh, sh-. Yeah, I, I gave the ball to the kid, being you know having a good gesture, and then they go, "Hey, there you go!" And then all of a sudden, I looked, and everybody was, um, you know, I saw um, Ordonez putting his hands up, like throw me the ball, and I'm like, and then I looked, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I grabbed the ball back from the kid, and I threw it in, and uh, but the play was dead already, and the run scored.
2: Right, yeah, uh, just an unfortunate situation. You try to do something right, Benny, and look what happens to you, right?
1: <laughs> yep, yeah, look what happens. Uh, did did the kid get a ball eventually? Yeah, I went back and I gave the kid the ball. I, uh, you know, I made sure I signed it and uh, gave him a ball Cause, you know I know a lot of fans come. You know, they they get so excited to get a ball, you know, um, from the players and stuff. So I just wanted to make sure he went home happy
2: and he did yeah great job benny well we'll speak with benny Agbayani tonight on sports talk new york now let's get to the events of 9-11 when did you first hear the attacks and what was your reaction then
1: um when i first heard about the attacks um we were um we were getting ready because my daughter was born in 01 and we we're going to the doctors uh-huh. and um we we got ready, we went outside, and it was, you know, just another day, and then all of a sudden we got a call, and it said, um, you know, I turned the radio on, and it said, uh, um, please stay indoors, we are under attack, and I was like, what the hell is going on? And then yeah. all of a sudden we got a call from our, I guess, you know, the, the phone connections was uh, bad, too. I remember that day. And, right. You know, the phones were going in and out, and, you know, I, I just uh, looked at it, and then, you um, you know, I just, I looked up in the sky, and it was like, there were flakes in the sky, and I was like, oh my God, what's going on, and then they, um, we were going on the, I think it was the Long Island Expressway, and then I turned around real quick after I heard that, and all of a sudden, we just saw smoke, and they just told us to keep your doors closed because of the, you know, the air and stuff, and, you know, we didn't know, and then we turned the TV on, and we're, you know, it was just a... you know, a moment, you know, it's a flashback. You, uh, you know, you you feel it every day, and, you know, you, I, I can, you know, really see it.
2: Yeah. Well, it's indelible. I know, Benny. I have the same feeling. I was downtown. Uh, I was on Houston Street, and uh, I worked down there for Merrill Lynch in their data center, and uh, we, we saw the whole thing happening. So we were really close, and we had to evacuate, too. I had to... Uh, walk up to the 59th Street Bridge from, from downtown and uh, walk over the 59th Street Bridge to Queens and catch the Long Island Railroad out from there. I was lucky I, I got one of the first trains that they ran out, and uh, I, I was very lucky to get out. And um, When was the team in Pittsburgh during this whole thing?
1: Um, when was it, I think?
2: Was it before?
1: Oh... Um. Was it before I'm
2: not too sure, I can't recall that. <laughs> do you do you remember coming back from Pittsburgh on the on the bus? You guys had to take an eight hour bus ride, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. We came back already. I think we we're on our way back.
2: Yeah, okay. Now we we're on our
1: way back already.
2: So when you guys crossed the GWB, the George Washington, you could really get a look downtown at what what the carnage and everything looked like
1: yeah it was already yeah it was like it was dark
2: yeah not looking too good i know now we realized then that these events uh they not only affected the country and the city but it came down to shea stadium being used as a staging area for relief efforts now did you get
1: involved in that benny yeah we were there you know you know uh, you know that you know one thing that you know that you know, I accommodate the New York people, man. They they came out, I mean, they came out and brought so much supplies and so much things. You know, they um she they they just came and, you know, handed over water, anything, you know, that could help a lot of people, and it was it was amazing how everyone came together as, you know, as a as a state and just start, you know, um trying to help everyone. Right. It was a it was one of those, you know, it was like a, you know, picture, picture perfect picture where you see everyone helping and everybody just dropping things off. I mean, you know, God bless everybody, and you know, it was, you know, one of those things where, hey, you know, we're we're coming together.
2: Yeah, and and you certainly did. The Mets did a tremendous job. We're speaking with Benny Agbayani tonight about uh, the events following. The terrorist attacks on 9-11 now when they first announced that you guys were going to play again at shea what was your first reaction
1: well i was pretty excited but kind of scared because yeah you know i didn't know if you know if people you know were still afraid to come out or you know people you know were just you know i mean a lot of people lost loved ones and a lot of people lost lost people who they know people and you know, but I think, you know, coming out the shade made everybody, you know, come together and you know, there's so much love out there during yeah. the game and I guess you know, it, it rejuvenated the the New York. It rejuvenated it and it was amazing.
2: It did. It was it was an amazing night. Now, as you said, you had some fear. Was the fear that maybe something else might happen, Benny?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean you, you never know because no. I mean things are happening and you know, when you when you when you look at it and you see what happened, I mean it it's one of those things where it would it happen again or is it gonna you know, what's gonna happen next? That's what everything was you know, that's what everything was, you know, said about what's gonna happen next. And yeah. You know, I mean, you know, for everyone I think, you know, it was like more when the game got played, everybody was, like, more relieved and, like, wow, you know, we got this game. But I know in back of a lot of our, well, what's going to happen next? But, you know, I'm glad everything worked out. I'm glad, you know, the people of New York got to see, you know, a baseball game and come together. And, you know, I know, you know, people lost a lot of people. and But, you know, it all, it all came back and, you know, we, we had each other, the people that was there.
2: It did, and I, I know mench talking about fear, Benny. I can imagine i did I spoke a couple of days ago to John Stearns, who was your first base coach, not excuse me third base, coach, uh, third base coach at the time, right, and uh John had to be out there every inning with the guy's playing. I can imagine being scared standing on on the third base coaching lines. Not knowing who's behind him, and you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe what? Maybe something's going to happen. I, I can exactly feel the feeling of fear that you guys had. Now, now the the crowd in the stands pre-game. How were they? Very solemn, very subdued, or were they raucous?
1: Oh, they're, they're It was like a New York game, man. It was. Yeah. Wild. I mean, it was. You know, it was. You know, we. <laughs> It was one of those things where they, they, they just needed it. Everybody needed that game, you know, just to let everything go out. And, you know, it's like, wow, we made it. We made it as a state. We made it as a, you know, as an organization. We made it, you know, everything was, you know, it was there that night.
2: It's like uh, John Franco said, I believe, you guys put a small Band-Aid on a really big wound and uh, and hel- and helped a lot that night.
1: Yeah, we tried, you know, just that everybody, you know, like I said, you know, everybody, you know, in the back of their heads, they still, you know, have that, you know, where they lost loved ones and friends and things like that, but, you know, anything, we just did anything to help everybody, and, you know, as an organization, that was the main thing, and, you know, just bringing back all the fans, all the people, you know, people watching it on TV, you know, it was great, you know, just kind of take their minds, clear their minds, take their minds off of what happened, and you know, enjoy that moment. It was that enjoying that moment.
2: It, it certainly was for everybody, Benny, that's for sure. Now, the pregame ceremonies, the National Anthem, you're standing out there on the first baseline. How are you feeling then?
1: Um, You know, I'm feeling good. You yeah. Know, you know, I'm ready to play and, you know, just, you know, you look at, you, you look around and, you, you know, you see the smiles on all the fans' faces and, You know, you see all the people that helped out, the police officers, the firemen, everybody that was there helping. I mean, you know, you you just look at them and, you know, you're like, oh, thank God, you know, these guys are here. And, you know, we're always going to remember all the people that was there and helping. And, you know, it's just that it's one of those things where you can never forget 9-11. It's just a thing that, you know, it happened, and you know, but that night, you know, everybody just, you know, was there, enjoyed a the moment, and you know, shared some tears, shared some happiness, and you know, we went on.
2: You did. And uh, that night, of course, great medicine for everybody, as we've said. Especially, how about you guys embracing the Braves, reaching out? I mean, you guys were mortal enemies. The Braves are hated. I mean, Chipper Jones, Larry Jones, getting it from the crowd <laughs> every time. I mean, you guys were enemies with the Braves, but when you guys shook hands and hugged, that that sort of gave everybody a little idea of of uh, how we're getting through this.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, at that moment, you don't you don't look at you don't look you know enemies or anything like that with a rivals. It was yeah, just that, you know, we all came together because we know. You know, that if if we come together, everyone's going to come together. And, you know, and that's what we wanted to show. And, you know, we wanted to show our appreciation, our love for, you know, the fans, the people that passed away, the, you know, everybody that helped out from the policemen to the firemen. I mean, you know, it was a drastic day and it was exhausting. And, you know, it was, you know, that night, you know, you could never forget where you just seen, you know, a lot of people smile and just relieved that, you know. Yeah, it was baseball, you know, and I right. think that was, you know, that was the key.
2: A lot of people don't realize, Benny, that there are a couple of players on the Braves who were local guys, like Jason Marquis, the, the guy who started that night was from Staten Island. Steve Carsey, the guy who gave up the home run to to Mike, is uh, from College Point, just up the block from Shea Stadium. He, you know, he he could uh, ride his bike to Shea Stadium as a kid. And, uh, that, that, that was, uh, integral to, to the storyline of this as well. Now, when the game's underway and, and we're in the eighth inning, uh, Fonzie takes a walk on some questionable calls by, uh, I think it was Wally Bell was the home plate umpire. And, uh, um. Piazza comes to bat. What are you thinking when Mike comes up to bat, Benny?
1: Um, Every time I think when Mike comes up to that, we have a chat. You know, I was like, you know, this guy was amazing. He was an amazing player. And, you know, it's just one of those things. You never know. You know what's going to happen. And, man, when that ball took off, I mean, that whole stadium erupted. I was like, just, it was amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what a hit. Probably one of the most celebrated hits in Shea Stadium history, maybe even baseball history. When that ball goes out, Benny, what are you guys doing in the dugout?
1: Oh, we're celebrating. Yeah. I mean, we're all excited. You, you know, and you look out there and you see you you see all the fans. There you know, it was like nothing happened. It was like it was just a normal day at a normal game, but you know, the the stadium was packed and everybody, you know, was jumping, you know, they're shouting, yelling, smiling, laughing. You know, it was one of those you know, it was a one of those days where you just wanted to be there.
2: Yeah, amazing, amazing night, as we said. Uh, of course, the Mets win the ball game 3-2 to on Piazza's home run. Uh, we're speaking with Benny Agbayani now about uh, the game on 7-21-2001, the return of baseball to New York after the attacks of uh, 9-11. And the crowd, as we said, could, was the stadium rocking uh, at that point? Could you feel anything, Benny?
1: Oh yeah, it was it was uh, yeah. That stadium was rocky. I glad you know that. Chase Stadium was the old stadium. when it <laughs> rocked, it rocked. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's that's for sure. That place moved. I I know. I especially that, that when you hit the home run against the Giants. Remember that one? In the, oh yeah, in the playoffs. I can't
1: forget that one. Yeah, <laughs>
2: uh, Benny Benny's home run in the NLDS. Against the San Francisco Giants, that stadium was moving that night too. <laughs> so we can remember specific nights when Shea was rocking. Now, what, what specific memories of the night and the game, Benny, do you think about? And how often do you think about uh, September twenty-first and and that ball game?
1: Um, you know. I mean, a lot of people bring it up to me because there's a lot of fans out here in Hawaii, Giants fans. And, you know, it's just one of those memories where, you know, it's just that you could never forget. I mean, you know, we're tied and, you know, somebody, you know, it's like somebody step up and boom, there it went, you know. And, you know, you just saw, you know, just so much people jumping and it was, it was crazy. It was one of those crazy nights. And it was, I know it was late.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that it was. It was late. And uh, I I know some of the Braves players, they said that they weren't really that upset. That's the first time they weren't that upset at a loss because they thought that it was written in the books that the Mets should win this ball game. And the way they won it was was so legendary with Piazza hitting the home run to, to center field. And I I think the Braves weren't that upset that they lost the game. A couple of them had said that, you know, this was a a fitting ending to this particular game because of the situation with New York and the attacks.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like one of those, you know, it's like a fairy tale, you know. Right. And, you know, we had the right person up there. And, you know, when when that was hit, I mean, it was like just a relief on everybody. It was like, wow, my you know, like, they were there, they are happy, you know, there was nothing, you know, like, there was no concern about 9-11, it was just one of those things where, hey, you know what, we got back and we enjoyed the moment and, you know, they loved it. I mean, you know, I, I know people stayed late at the stadium and they were outside the stadium still yet, so, yeah, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, you, 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 you I, I was glad, and I know for the Mets organization, the Braves organization, everyone was glad that everyone enjoyed themselves and had that relief, was like, "Wow, we, we're, we're here, and you know what an exciting game." And you know it was just one, the, a thing that everyone needed.
2: It's sort of people saying to each other, "Hey, we're getting back to normal. Things are going to be okay." If if the Mets can win a game like this, and we could all come together after the 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 brutal, tragic situations that we had been through the week before, things are going to be okay. That's the way I look at it, Benny.
1: (laughs) Yep, exactly. I mean, I'm glad. You know, for myself, I'm glad that baseball, you know, was a was a big part of it. You know, and that you know, New York 9/11 is always a big part of me too. So, you know, you can never forget what happened that day. Because, you know, a lot of people, you know, we were all there.
2: Yeah, that's true. Now, looking back also, Benny, do you think a lot about your Grand Slam that you hit uh, on in the opening series in uh, in Japan against the Cubs?
1: Yeah, because uh, when I look at that statue that I got um, from <laughs> Japan, I mean, every time I look at that, I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, it was just amazing. That was amazing year, I mean. You know, I just said, amazing Met. and it was that year, 2000, was, you know, we were the amazing Met.
2: What about, Benny, you're talking about 2000. Let's get to that quick while we can. Um, the Roger Clemens-Piazza situation. Now, 2000 is when uh, Roger hits Mike in the helmet and he goes down, and he's out for a while. And I'm sure if the the uh, concussion protocol was in effect back then, that he would have been out longer than he was how did you guys feel about him hitting mike and then what happened in the World Series with the broken bat
1: um you know it was just one of those things where you know it was shocking to see that yeah
2: you
1: know you know it was like we didn't know what is uh expected and you know you know and i think you know whatever happened between him and mike was you know between him and mike i don't know you know we just for me i was just shocked you know yeah
2: I um I think they're going to settle it in Cooperstown someday. <laughs> I cuz I I I think Roger eventually Roger Barry Bonds those guys eventually they have to get into Cooperstown. They're going to have to make uh you know some concessions to get those guys in uh and th- that'll be ironic with uh Mike welcoming Roger Clemens into Cooperstown. That'll be weird, wouldn't it?
1: <laughs> Yeah, it would be weird, but it would be one of those things where it'd be great, you know. Every, All these guys are great players.
2: Every, everybody comes together over baseball, Benny. That's the situation.
1: <laughs> yep, that's it. Everybody got to come to baseball. That's it. It relieves the pain. It, it's it.
2: It goes along with uh, you, you know, in the movie Field of Dreams, when uh, James Earl Jones gives his little soliloquy at the ball ball uh, ball field there, saying, "People will come." Uh, Throughout time, uh, the United States has steamed ahead like a a bunch of steamrollers. But the one constant throughout the years has been baseball. And people will come to see baseball. And that's exactly what happened that night in 2001 in September against Atlanta. Right, Benny?
1: Yep, exactly.
2: Well, Benny, I tell you, it's been a pleasure having you back uh, you got the rest of the day out there in, in, uh, Hawaii. We're getting ready to go to bed here soon. Uh, <laughs> right, thank you for taking time out of your Sunday afternoon to spend it with us back here in New York, Benny.
1: Always. No problem. Anytime. Anytime. Love that seat.
2: All the thank best. You. Thanks again, Benny. That's Benny Agbayani, folks. I just want to, uh, talk a little bit, Brian, before we break, uh, about, uh, I went into a little bit about my situation on 9-11 I I worked for Merrill Lynch I was in the West Village Uh, I heard about the the first plane hitting the towers I didn't see it but I know people that did saw a plane coming in real low over their heads because we worked directly north of of the the towers plane hit that first one Uh, people thought that it might be an accident but when we were on the street looking downtown you see the one tower burning, and you see all of a sudden another jet plane swinging around, and you figure, what's this guy doing? And boom, he goes into the other tower. That's when we knew that we were under attack, and it was a real serious situation. And we, of course, uh, saw the towers fall from Houston Street. Remember that that moment specifically uh, when the buildings collapsed, and. Uh, All our our friends and and neighbors perished, and it it was a difficult time, but we again had to move on. We had to get out of there, and we just walked north. That's what they kept telling us, walk north, so we, we did. We walked north. I believe it was up Broadway. Then we moved over to the west side. And we figured we'd try to catch a Long Island Railroad train out of Hunter's Point Avenue, which is located, of course, at Hunter's Point over in Queens. So we went up to the 59th Street Bridge. We walked across there, and from there, you could get a really uh, bird's-eye view of what had happened downtown. There was no more World Trade Center in the skyline of New York City. That was gone. All that was there were great plumes of smoke. And we realized the tragedy and the loss and, and ju- just the devastation that had been experienced at, at that point. And we were lucky enough to catch one of the first trains out of Hunter's Point Avenue. I remember it was a double-decker. And we all sat uh, together in, in one of the uh, the cubicles on the double-decker train. And, uh, ironically, it happened to be going on the Babylon line where I was. So we, we, uh, a friend of mine and I who had been together through the whole ordeal from, from Merrill Lynch got off in Babylon. And, uh, there used to be a pub right across from the railroad station. And we sat in there, had a couple of beers, watched the TV, and tried to put the pieces together of, what indeed happened that day and uh, I was lucky to make it home early I I didn't have a great ordeal and that's my story from from 9-11 and uh, I guess we'll take a break now Brian and we'll get to Glendon Rush alright folks uh, up next on Sports Talk New York we welcome in former Mets hurler Glendon Rush so just stick around please
0: You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show.
2: All right, we are back with Sports Talk New York here on WGBB from beautiful downtown Merrick, Long Island. Uh, Hope you had a great weekend Uh, during the week. We had a chance to watch the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony uh, during the week. Do yourself a favor if uh, you missed it, go to YouTube. I'm not sure if the MLB channel has it archived. Uh, just an impeccable speech from Ted Simmons. Uh, you could catch it on YouTube, I'm sure. Mets losing two nothing uh, to the Yankees so far, that I'm advised. Just as a side note, um, yeah, Ted Simmons, what a speech! Beautiful. Delivered uh, amazingly. And uh, Jeter, of course, uh, there were Yankee fans heckling Donald Fear as he spoke about Marvin Miller because they wanted to hear uh, the speech finally from the most overrated player to ever play Major League Baseball. And he, Derek Jeter did come on. He gave his speech, all one and two syllable words, uh, so the Yankee fans could understand. Um. Also, oh, Yankee fans, wh- wh- with, the num- with the names on the back of the jerseys, cut that out. I mean, number two, who do you think is number two? Don't, you don't need it. The Yankees have never worn names on their jerseys. Number two, what we know is Jeter. Come on. What do you need the name there for? Who do you think that we, we're paying homage to? Frank Crissetti, the old third base coach, number two? L- I saw a guy with a Gehrig jersey with, with a name on the back. Oh, Unbelievable get exasperated with these Yankee fans. But let's get back to, to business here. Uh, the 9-11 remembrance services were, were great at uh, City Field, this, of course, being the 20th anniversary of the attacks. We are talking about the return of baseball after uh, this horrible experience went through. The next gentleman we're going to speak to was in New York uh, for the ceremonies, so we'll keep the memories rolling. Our next guest, he played for the Royals, the Brewers, the Cubs, Padres, and Rockies. but We, of course, remember him best as a southpaw on the Mets, a member of the 2000 National League Championship team. Looking forward to speaking with him about his view uh, on the attacks on our nation, as well as the return to the field after. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the show Glendon Rush. Glendon, good evening. How are you? Wonderful. Great to, ha- great to have you with us, and glad you-, you had a safe trip back from New York.
0: Thank you. Yeah, we had an easy trip back today and uh, got back in time to watch a little football, and I spent a little time actually... Watching the broadcast of last night's game, you know we were we were so busy um, all over the place that we didn't really get to see the uh, how awesome they did on that broadcast and and with the ceremonies and everything uh, in person. But so it was nice to see it.
2: It was nice, and then uh, I had a chance a cu- couple of chances over the weekend to to uh, view the nine twenty one two thousand one game and uh, the ceremonies before that. We'll talk about that too. Um, the game, the game against the Braves, just, uh, a thing of that legends are made of that happened that night. It was, it was absolutely magical. And, uh, let's get into it a little bit. The 2000 team we'll talk about if we have a little time, but, uh, I wanted to ask you right away. I asked Benny Agbani about this. The Piazza Clemens feud. You, you were there for that. You, you saw him get hit in the head and you saw the bat throwing in the World Series. What's your view on that?
0: Well, I mean, the, the game that he got hit, uh, I was the opposing starting pitcher.
2: Ah, okay.
0: Uh, the, the night game at Yankee Stadium, so I was, I was part of that. Um, Look, there was a there was an intense rivalry between those two guys, and, and Mike swung the bat very well against Roger, and yeah. Roger was the ultimate competitor. So that you know they they battled. Um, so that, that that's kind of the way I look at it. I think when we go back now, it's it, uh, you know was was part of the intensity that went on between those Mets Yankees games, and and I was there right in the middle of some of the some of the best rivalry I think we've seen across town.
2: Definitely. The the World Series was the ultimate. And, uh, I I always say to people, uh, I'm not really, well, I'm set we lost. But, uh, it would have been worse if the Yankees had, had lost that World Series to the Mets. Oh, Steinbrenner, he would have, he would have jumped out the window. Uh, it, it would have been the, the ultimate slap in the face <laughs> if, if, uh, the Mets won the 2000 Subway Series. It, it would have been a thing of beauty. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it would
0: have been, it would have been great. We, um, you know, it was, it was close games, close series, uh, well pitched series. And, uh, you know, they're, I always say that they're bullpen. Um, really locked it down for them. Once, once they got those leads, uh, they, they shut us down and, and we couldn't come back and win those games.
2: Right. I mean, game one, uh, ha- had its problems. I, I can say it. You can't. Benitez always gave people ulcers. It was always tough watching Armando when he came in, uh, from the bullpen. And I think we would have, we should have won game one. And I think that would have set us on, uh, a different path. But that's, uh, that's talk for, when people are sitting down having a beer and, and discussing, that's for that kind of discussion. We won't get into it. Now, I want to ask you, Glendon, when did you first hear of the attacks in New York City, and how did you react?
0: I was in uh, Pittsburgh with the team. We had been, uh, come off an off day, right? Um, of, and and my wife called me um, when the news of the first plane uh, had hit the tower, and she woke me up and you know, obviously told me to turn on the TV and let me know what was going on and, you know, we kind of witnessed together the second plane uh, going in and, and, you know, my thoughts were I, I was overwhelmed, I didn't know what was going on I, I you know, this is something that none of us had ever experienced right? Uh, in our short lifetime, you know, at the time I was in my, you know, mid-twenties and uh, I think scared, um, nervous anxious, all of the above and um, with, without uh, the presence of what we have today on social media and everything else where you can hop on your phone and read about what's going on. We were we were glued, glued to the front of the television and trying to figure out what was happening in our world.
2: Now, did you have a game that night?
0: Uh, yes. We would have been playing, yes, Tuesday. We were supposed to play that night. Um, we stayed for a while in Pittsburgh, and then they um, got us on buses and bused us back to, to New York City that night.
2: Right. Okay. Now, what was the atmosphere like on that bus?
0: Very quiet. Um, you know, I think everyone was talking amongst ourselves, if, if I remember correctly, and kind of, you know, gathering thoughts. I'm sure some guys were, uh, you know, didn't really know what to do. Defin- definitely wasn't a normal bus ride for, or, or, plane ride we're used to in the big leagues where we're having a good time and everything else and you know as we got close to the city and came across the george washington bridge and saw uh the smoke the fire the carnage um the smell um you know came in through the bus it was it was overwhelming and and, uh, you know the saddest most somber bus ride i've ever been a part of and it was it was quiet
2: Yeah, I I remember one of the players describing the smell that you guys on the bus up at the George Washington could actually smell the site from there, from from downtown. That's a long way. And um, one, one guy, I think it might have been Joe McEwing, described it as the smell of death.
1: I think
0: that was Joe. That I think you're right. When yeah. I, um, if you saw that on the uh, special that they did on SNY, right? Um, that is that is the way he described it, and, and, and it was spot on. I mean, it was it was something that you know we were definitely not used to smelling, and uh, and it was I don't even really know how to describe it other than uh, you're just kind of at a loss for words,
2: right? it's one of those deals. We're speaking with Glendon Rush tonight on Sports Talk New York. Now, we came to realize, Glendon, that these events that took place uh, affected our country, our city, but then it came down for you guys, Shea Stadium was being used as a staging area for relief efforts. Now, all you guys got involved in that, didn't you?
0: We did. We, uh, you know, through the leadership of Bobby B. and, uh, you know, Johnny Franco and, and, you know, kind of our leaders, um, they took the lead right away, and they were captains of that uh, effort. And, you know, the, any way we could contribute, and, and it happened to be that right in our backyard at, in, in the parking lot at Shea Stadium, we could contribute. We could uh, help load and unload supplies, and there was a lot that was needed, you know, from from – yeah. water and, and eye wash and you name it. I mean, they needed everything, all of the above down there to help those first responders, and that's what we did.
2: Did you go down there with Al Leiter and, and his group of players that went down to ground zero?
0: I did not. I just had this discussion with my wife the other night, and yeah. I, I, I I declined to go down there because I don't think I would have been able to hold it together. Uh, I'm a pretty emotional guy, and I, and I don't think it would have been beneficial for me to be down there as as a show of strength and i can't hold it together so i I slightly declined to do that
2: understood glendon certainly yeah i can i can understand that now when when they first announced that you guys are playing again uh what's the first thoughts that go through your mind
0: i think the main thing that was going through all of our minds is is this the right time should we be back on the baseball field when So many people are uh, hurting and their lives have been torn apart and they've lost loved ones and friends. And and I think, you know, until we actually got back on the field uh, in in Pittsburgh, I still think we kind of went through those three games in a day. And uh, Bobby V, I heard him on one of his interviews saying that out of all the games he's ever played, he doesn't remember anything from those three games. And he said he can remember – uh, when the wind was blowing 20 years ago at a game, and he can't remember anything from those three in Pittsburgh, and it, I kind of went right along with that yeah. uh, when he said that. It made me think, like, yeah, we just we were in a total fog. Um, but by the time we got back to New York and played that first game at Shea, I think. You know, as that game progressed and what went on with Mike's home run and everything else, that's when we were like, you know, we need to be back. We need to be right. a show of support, show of strength for everyone in that city and in our country. And, and we felt like that was the right time.
2: Well, I tell you what, I would have thought, Quentin, and I spoke to Benny uh, a couple of minutes ago about this, and I had spoken to John Stearns about it, who was your third base coach at the time, uh, just standing out there uh, in the field. Playing defense or coaching third base, I'd be afraid there's there, there's something's going to happen. Something else is going to happen. Did that go through your mind?
0: Oh, it absolutely went through all of our minds. Yeah, uh, everywhere, everywhere we were. Um, I, I don't think there was a a, a time that it didn't. Uh, it was probably not until 2002 in, in the regular season where we we kind of were, you know, had our minds at ease a little bit that that hopefully our country was back to being safe again.
2: Definitely, yes, I agree. Now, pre-game uh, to, to the September 21st game, Glendon, uh, how was the crowd? W- were they raucous? Were they uh, subdued? How was the crowd before the game?
0: Subdued is the perfect description. Yeah. Uh, very much so. They were, they were there because they felt like it was the right thing to do. Um, they, they wanted an escape. They wanted something to... Hopefully, cheer about but uh yeah i think it took some time i I, you know those opening ceremonies there was not a dry eye in the house um you know with the bagpipes and and the the national anthem and all of the above and us standing out there and the 21 gun salute and everything that went with it i mean it was it was extremely sad and emotional and and tough to get through um but as that game went along we you know we started to Get back into baseball mode and hey, we're here. We're right. playing in our stadium and in front of our home fans and they're here to support us. And, um, baseball kind of took over.
2: I think, Glendon, along with you guys, the, the, uh, the fans didn't know how to react. I think that they were thinking, do we cheer? Uh, what do we do? Uh, in a situation like that, cause no one's ever encountered anything like that. But what, w- and once you're out there and you say, like, you hear Mark Anthony singing the national anthem, did a wonderful job. You hear the bagpipes with amazing grace, uh, all, all the, uh, servicemen on the field. And it had to be very emotional for you guys.
0: It was, it was, it was emotional. It was overwhelming. It was, uh, you know, a sense of pride, a sense of, um, uh, I I guess, support, um, you know, being there in support of everyone, especially the first responders and all those people who had lost loved ones. I I think we we did whatever we could to to help out in some way, and and that was a small part of it.
2: And then to see you and the Braves embrace each other, I mean, these guys are, are mortal enemies. Bobby Cox, couldn't stand the guy larry jones i think he was even getting it from the fans that night <laughs> he, he was so vilified by the shea stadium crowd chipper jones but when you guys embraced that was unscripted and and that that came from the heart
0: it did it came from the heart it was you know it was bobby v and um you know and and bobby cox i think kind of led the way on that and, and everyone followed suit and and it was Really cool to see the the Mets and the Yankees do the same thing last night.
2: Yeah, uh, definitely uh, something special for, like we said, in a joking way, mortal enemies. We're speaking with Glendon Rush tonight on Sports Talk New York. And a a lot of people may not realize, and I mentioned this to Benny too, there were guys on the Braves who were local. Jason Marquis, the starter that night, was from Staten Island. And Steve say the guy who gave up the home run to Mike, he could ride his bicycle to Shea Stadium when he was a kid. He lived up the road in College Point. Uh, all all local people, so they were feeling it too.
0: Yeah, they were. They were. It was. Uh, you know, I eventually was teammates with with Jason Marquis in Colorado, and so mm-hmm. I know him uh, pretty well. And yeah, look, look, those guys. Um, that's their city. Uh, johnny franco you know and 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 bobby v up up, you know a little further north in connecticut but right and they are they are new york and through and through and and uh i'm sure it was even uh more special for them to to be there and be a part of that healing process
2: definitely that's definitely correct clendon now let's get into the uh the real drama of the evening fonzie's up he draws a walk and i think wally bell was the home plate umpire. He was getting into it with, with Steve Carsey a little bit about some close calls. And uh, I think he ended up getting the, getting the thumb after the inning was over. Uh, close calls. Fonzie's at first. Mike comes to, to bat. The stage is set. What are you thinking? What, what's everybody thinking in the dugout?
0: I I, I mean, we're, we're obviously thinking magic. Mike was um, one of the best consistently clutch hitters i ever played with um uh you know before and after i played with them so I, I think we all were were hoping for some sort of special moment some kind of magic at that point and, and it happened you know he got a, a a pitch out over the plate that he could handle and he hammered it
2: exactly that's exactly what happened and and uh it could have been scripted that way by by fate. It really was uh, a magical moment when he hit that ball out of the ballpark, and uh, the the reaction shown on TV from from all you guys, crowding Mike and, and giving him a high five and hugging him, it, it was really amazing. How was the crowd after that home run? Did the place rock?
0: It was it was electric. They they uh, exploded. Um you know, there, there's no doubt in my mind that, that that moment was just a huge, huge changing moment for for all the people in that stadium and and, and all the people watching too. I think they they felt that uh, that was like, wow, there was this big sigh of, we, you know, we can we can have fun, we can smile, we can cheer, we can do all this, even though all this horrible stuff's going on around us. We've got a little bit of an escape, and that was it.
2: It's okay to be happy. Uh, that gave us an okay to be happy, right there is what it did. Glendon, uh, the crowd, of course, reacted, and we know Shea Stadium can move. That place, you uh, you get enough people moving that that old ballpark, that place will shake, and uh, I felt it. And it, it's it's wild when that happens, and that must have happened that night. We're speaking with Glendon Rush tonight on Sports Talk New York. Uh, how often do you think of uh, that ball game, Glendon? And what specifically do you think of when you do?
0: I think of it pretty often. Um, you know, I, I I love when I'm I'm a big Twitter guy, so I like reading. Right, you're games.
2: out there, yeah,
0: yeah, and seeing when people put stuff out there, and you know that game comes up quite a bit, um, and and it it stops me every single time in my tracks if if I see a a segment on that game or, or, you know, some commentary on it. And I love the fact the SNY guys did the special. Uh, and I think there's supposed to be another one. Uh, Johnny Franco was telling me on HBO Max, um, they're doing a, a, a cool special on it as well. But I've watched all of them as many times as I could possibly view them. And, um, I just, I love seeing it. And because there's, it, it takes you through this emotional roller coaster of, Tremendous sadness and then a, a, a tremendous sense of joy and relief and, and everything that comes along with it when you see that home run. And, and you actually get to see, from the camera's point of view, all those people in the stands enjoying that moment together and all of us in the dugout enjoying it together. It's really cool.
2: I don't know if you saw the the, uh, the program put together by the MLB Network with uh, Mark DeRosa, uh, I think it's Jason Marquis, uh, Johnny Franco, and Al Leiter. John Franco mentions that they put you guys put a small Band-Aid on a really big wound. That's how that he is, described it. Uh, yeah, th-
0: that is the best description uh, I've heard of all of it, and uh, and and I've used that uh, quote from Johnny uh, a handful of times in the last couple of days when people have asked me about it. I think that's a really really thoughtful way to describe it, and uh, and, it, and it rings true. And, and and I'm looking forward to watching that one, too. I have that one on my, my DVR, the one that those guys did. Yeah, on, that's a uh, good
2: one, Glendon. Yeah, catch that yeah, one. I'm that's l- definitely a good one.
0: Um, yeah, looking forward to it.
2: What did you do while you were here? Glendon was here uh, for, for the ceremonies uh, that took place at the ballpark uh, on 9-11. Tell us a little bit about what you guys got involved with, Glendon.
0: Uh, I came in and, uh, on, on Friday, I actually, uh, went, went to the game with my wife for five or six innings and got to enjoy city field and hang out. And then on, uh, on Saturday on 9-11, we had a, uh, a brunch in the morning with all of us guys from the 2001 team. Okay. we all had, had brunch together and caught up. And then, uh, I went with Edgardo Alfonso, Ray Ordonez, and, uh, Jay Horowitz. We went to the Intrepid and did a day of service, uh, the, the four of us, um, we did some packing of food um, on the Intrepid ship and then headed over to City, and uh, we did some interviews. We uh, went down, mingled with the media, saw some old media friends, and, you know, they asked us some questions, etc. And And then after that, it was time to head down and um, put our jerseys on and uh, go out there with the first responders and be a part of that uh, opening ceremony on the Fox. Feed, and mm-hmm. uh, it was just awesome. They did a phenomenal job. I, I, I was, it was, it was so much fun down in that tunnel uh, below center field <laughs> yeah. with all of us guys and all the first responders and everyone meeting each other and hugging and taking pictures and uh, uh, that probably thirty minutes before we actually went out on the field was was as much fun as any of it.
2: Well, that that shows you, Glendon, uh, how much these guys did look up to you and do look up to you as a new york met like al leiter was saying about the guys going down to ground zero what's it, are we doing the right thing are they going to think we're we're just uh celebrities or you know looking for press or something like that but they were embraced by the first resp- responders the guys on site at ground zero they figured hey the, these guys are mets and they're coming down to see us you know they thought it was great and and uh that that's how the people look up to you guys, and and uh, you you got a taste of that. It would it probably was amazing.
0: It was awesome, and I and I love that story too. You know, of Todd, Todd Deal is yeah, um, you, you know, such a such a caring and thoughtful guy, and one one of my favorite teammates I had. And you know that story of him exchanging hats with um, one of the first responders, and you know, kind of led the way into this. You know, all of us wearing the hats of the first responders during the games for uh-huh. the rest of that season, and. Now it's become a tradition on 9-11 in, uh, in New York. I think it's amazing.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that the commission. well, I'm not surprised that the commissioner's office, really, Glendon, with some of the ideas they've come up with. But uh, <laughs> it's it amazed me that they were going to give the Mets trouble about that. Uh, I mean, they, they seem to be real sticklers about it, but they finally uh, acquiesced and, and gave in to that. Um,
0: yeah, I think they said they were going to fine us. Uh, yeah. said, okay, go ahead, just find right. us, we'll pay it. We'll, we'll pay it for the rest of the season if we have to, no problem. And then I think they, when they realized we were going to stand that strong on it, we, uh, they, they changed their minds and, and uh, smartened up on it a little bit and realized that, that us wearing those hats was far more important than the dress code of Major League Baseball in 2001.
2: You're exactly right, Glendon. Glendon Rush with us tonight. Now, you got that cool jersey with the New York on the front of a home jersey, With the uh, 911-01 on the sleeve, what are you going to do with that jersey?
0: That's a great question. We had this discussion right when I got home today. I took it out of my backpack from the flight, and I was showing it to my boys, uh, Cade and Trevor. I have a a senior in high school and an eighth grader, and we were trying to figure out which way it would be cooler to get framed because I've got a... I got a wonderful guy in uh in Oklahoma that frames these jerseys for me and I have oh, cool a yeah. around the around the house and I I can't figure out which side's better.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I I wouldn't know either. That's going to be a great decision for you to make, Clinton, that's for sure. I I kind of thought maybe they'd show up on on mlb.com in an auction, but I guess all you guys took them home.
0: Yeah, they were they were really nice and let us keep them and I, I think all the guys were, you know, we we, we felt such a, uh, sense of pride putting those on last night and, and to come back and, and be a part of, uh, last night's ceremony and last night's game. I think we were all just already like, hey, we're keeping these. These aren't going anywhere. So, Good. you know, yeah, cause now, yeah, yeah. so I, I'm, I'm excited to have it and, uh, I think it was such a, a great thing that they did putting the new york on the front and, and adding the flag and the 9-11 on the, on the sleeve and everything they're they're great the
2: players that still may show up on mlb.com so my wife will have to worry about me going out there and bidding on one of these jerseys because I, I know that the the uh jerseys from the field of dreams game glendon they were out on mlb.com and and they were going for thousands it was amazing oh i'm sure <laughs>
0: yeah that yeah, I'm sure those are out there. That that was great. They did a wonderful job on that, too. I enjoyed watching it.
2: They did. Now, c- coming to New York from Kansas City, Glendon, what was your first reaction?
0: Uh, State of shock first when you get traded. Especially yeah. Especially you get traded by the, the, you know, the team that you came up with, played all the way through the minor leagues, a couple parts of three years in the big leagues with Kansas City. Uh, and then to go from a kind of a small market Midwest team to the the big lights of uh, New York City was a was a huge change for me, but I I settled in well. And the guys that were there, the veterans that, that took care of me uh, when I first got there in '99, and you know, or Johnny Franco, Oral or Kenny Rogers, all those guys, and, you know, And then the pen, Pat, Pat Mahomes and Armando Benitez, Turk Wendell, all those guys kind of showed me the way, right? How to how to uh, handle it there, how to handle the media. Um, and and it helped me going into that 2000 season and spring training. I had a good feel for what I needed to do and and how to how to be a Met, how to be a New Yorker.
2: Well, you settled in great, Clinton, I'll tell you that. What are you up to these days?
0: I'm just hanging out at home. I'm in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and uh-huh. um, coaching my boys a little bit and, and living the semi-retired life.
2: There you go. Good job, and 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 uh, showing up on Twitter out there once in a while.
0: Oh, yeah, I love Twitter. That's, I love <laughs> react, you know, interacting with the fans on Twitter, and, and I love reading Twitter because there's tons of stories and all kinds of good information on there. Sometimes not so good, but, uh, no, I have fun with it. I I keep it a positive place. And, yeah, uh, it you can got to. i become a very negative place, as we all know, but I, <laughs> yeah. I keep it positive and keep it lighthearted.
2: Let's just say the fans out there, Glendon, can get very passionate. How's that? We'll use that word. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they can. I, there's no way. There's no way I could play in New York now in the current day with Twitter and everything else and social media. I'd probably have a meltdown.
2: Yeah, no. Beaten. You, you know, take they, I, they take I, a beating. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be able to handle all the critics.
2: Unreal. Well, Glendon Rush, it's been a real pleasure having you back. I thank you for taking time out of your Sunday night to spend it with us back here in New York.
0: Enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. And uh, you know, I'm glad uh, everyone got to. Enjoy this, this weekend and, and, uh, the, the 9-11, um, remembrance and ceremony that went on last night. It was, it was special.
2: Wonderful. Well, we remember and we will never forget, Glendon. Make sure, we'll make sure of that. You take care, you and your family.
0: Alright, thanks again.
2: That's Glendon Rush, folks. Well, that'll do it for me tonight on Sports Talk New York. I'd like to thank my guest, Benny Agbayani, and of course, Glendon Rush, my engineer, Brian Graves, and you for joining us. Jason Nazario is supposed to be up next, but we don't know if he's here or not. So hang out and see. See you next uh, on Sunday evening, the 26th of September on the radio. Till then, be safe, be well. Bill Donahue wishing you a good evening, folks.
0: The views expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.